Welcome to Corporate Cornucopia, the podcast that's overflowing with business insights, entrepreneurial tips, and stories from the front lines of today's economic landscape. From the studios of the Kyrville Chamber of Commerce, I'm Mark Heiberger, your host. And I'm Noel Fenderson, your co-host. Katie George Hooser is the Chief Marketing Officer for IMC Companies, the largest marine drayage company in the United States. In her role, Katie oversees the company's brand, public relations, digital marketing, and events. She also leads the National Driver Recruiting Department for IMC Companies and is responsible for sourcing and qualifying truck drivers. Katie created the marketing department at IMC and its original brand, including the logo, websites, and identity materials. Prior to this, Katie served in a sales role for Intermodal Cartage. Katie has an undergraduate degree from Emory University and an MBA from Christian Brothers University. She is a current board member of Southwest Community College Foundation. Katie, her husband Andrew, and their three children reside in Memphis, Tennessee. Katie, thank you so much for being here. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you. And I wanted to, from, from the Cairoville Chamber of Commerce, I wanted to thank you and IMC for being a member of the Cairoville Chamber. And not only a member, but you all are what we call a premier partner level member, which is a company that invests a little more than than average in us and in our mission. And we were super thankful for that. And we're glad to have a, a world-class company like IMC be a part of this Chamber of Commerce. So thank you for that. Oh, we appreciate it. So I think, so we've been in Carterville for almost a year now. So we had our last Christmas party at our headquarters um, in Carterville, but it wasn't quite ready. And I moved a little bit ahead, the marketing team of, of um, we moved a, a little bit ahead of most of our groups. So some people didn't get, get to the new building till January or February, but um, it was really obvious about how we needed to be involved, you know, as soon as we we sort of walked in the door. And so the chamber um, was very important to that, the Carville Education Foundation. Um, we've gotten to be in the parade, which is a, a wow. lot of fun, which is coming up next week. And we've got a big crew from all different departments working on that. Um, and also rotary. So we've so, had a lot of fun so far. Is that like like a float or something? Or yeah, well, we're driving a truck in the oh, parade, and so we have. Um, I, I had all in our office in the marketing department. We have different sizes of sweatshirts, so everybody who's marches marching gets um, sweatshirts, and we're trying to figure out who gets That's what cool. sizes. And um, I have um, um, somebody on my team, Rachel. Um, I told them that I didn't think that we could put antlers on the truck. I didn't. <laughs> I thought that that was going to be cost prohibitive, and it was going to cost thousands of dollars to make our truck look like a reindeer. Um, but um, but somehow Rachel and Abby have made it work, and they've had their parents, their mom is at their sewing machine in their house sewing these wow. crazy brown antlers, and we've got mechanics who are trying to figure out how to fix them to the trucks, and we've got a. Um, a bright red ball that they're going to use as a nose. And so they've had all kinds of um, lots of times when I told them, I, you know, I don't know. I think we should just put lights on this truck, but they've made it work. So it's yeah. going to be really fun. Non-traditional project. <laughs> yeah. 
It sounds like there's a, a big team at IMC. So how? Tell us. Just let's just start with the history. Yeah. Of IMC companies. Yeah. So we have about 400 people in the building here in Carterville, okay. um, but we're um, we're about 2,500 people across the country. And so um, we were started in 1982, actually by my dad, which is Mark H. Awesome. George, Mark Howard George. And um, so I, I remember um, kind of watching our company grow and, um, you know, um, knowing drivers personally and him dispatching drivers and, um, and, and just we've been really excited to see how things have developed. And so and it's really been over time. So growth has been very important to IMC since the very beginning. And, and we've had a goal of growing um, by 15 percent a year. Um, and so when you do that, um, you know, uh, you know, every five years you double in size. And so, you know, you can take a really small company and have it grow 15% a year. And all of a sudden, um, we have over a billion dollars of annual sales. And so that's what's happened. So we, we have had like a few very good years where we've grown, um, more than that, but it's been actually, you know, pretty gradual and we've watched, you know, um, the company just develop into something that's, um, um, I, maybe I wouldn't have imagined it, but he did. He, d- he, he did imagine IMC being what it is today in the eighties. How did, um, your dad get his, what's the led up, you know, where, what's his background and, and how, sure. did, how do you know how he came up with the vision for IMC today. Yeah, well, we're actually um, <clears throat> part of a family of truckers. So my great grandfather um, started in um, in the trucking industry. Um, my youngest son is named after him, so his name is Howard, um, and my dad is Mark Howard, and then I have a six year old Howard, and um, he actually he was Lebanese. And he immigrated to the United States and was orphaned at a young age. And, um, you know, um, um, actually, his one of his older brothers sent him to recall some trucks in Tennessee. Um, and, and so he did that, but he ended up staying, but in Nashville. And so he started a company called um, TCW. Um, and and um, really started our family in the trucking business. But my grandfather started a completely different trucking company called Quickway Carriers. And so they're a refrigerated company. Um, and he had three boys and each of them started um, transportation and trucking companies. And wow. so um, drayage is what our family does, which is different than than what any of my dad's brothers or his grandfather or his great grandfather did. It's a different type of trucking, but we're, we all are have been in transportation for a very long time. That's great. Can I ask? I mean, when when we had we participated in the grand opening that you had, and I'm, I'm really sort of embarrassed to say it, but I used that day as a starting as a learning learning curve experience, but. Can you can you tell the listeners what drayage really means? Because I had never heard it used. Oh, you shouldn't like be that. embarrassed because there are people that even work in the transportation space or truck drivers who 
who do what we do who may not know the word drayage. And so, um, and we we did um, create a white paper, what is drayage.com. So you can go and kind of look and, and see exactly what it is because we feel like the term is so underused. Um, but, but what we do is, you know, when you have an import come into the United States, so we'll just say it's coming in from China. Um, and it, it, what happens is it gets on a ship and it goes yeah. into, um, you know, to, to a port, you know, maybe California, maybe it's, you know, that's the largest port in the country. And so um, it, it's still in the container. It's, it's going to move off the ship and, um, and onto a truck. So we do that trucking piece. We'll take the container where it goes. And so it could be that it's going to, to somewhere in California. Um, and that happens a lot. But also it could be, um, you know, put on a train in California and railed inland, um, which happens a lot in Memphis. So Memphis has five class one railroads. And so we'll pick up that same container. It's never been opened. Um and take it from the railroads into, you know, a distribution center. And so, um, and then we'll do the same thing for the export, right? So somebody has got product, maybe soybeans. That's, that's a common thing around, around this area where, where a container full of soybeans will be loaded, you know, let's say in Arkansas, we'll pick it up and we'll put it on the train, rail it back to LA for it to get on a boat and go back to China. Wow. We handle that. The 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 drayage piece is the truck piece. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's uh we'll we'll have to name the podcast the drayage uh episode. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. I, I definitely I want more people to know that term because I think I think it's so important and I think it's been interesting. Um it's it's been a fun place to work during the pandemic, really, or after the pandemic. Because people all of a sudden are so much more aware of where things come from. And there's been such, you know, um, congestion at the ports and rails. Um, You know, we're talking about a potential rail strike right now. And so all of those things um, kind of bring up an awareness about what drayage is. And and all of a sudden I'm hearing other moms in the carpool lines and in the grocery stores and our neighbors and people who are starting to have interest in what we do before I think it was sort of just assumed that things would get where they were going. And we um, maybe forgot the people, especially the drivers who mm. are the people that, that get those things yeah. where they should. Yeah. So, it, you know, you speak of the poor, all that, you know, the, the strike potential is, is it a real concern? Do you, from where you're, you're sitting, uh, give us, give us the state of the union. Yeah. So I, you know, and I, every time I, I would try to make a prediction, I'll be wrong. Um, so, but we're at IMC companies. We're definitely watching a pen- potential for a rail strike. We're um, we're concerned. We'll um, will it will significantly impact our business if there is a rail strike. And so, um, you know, hopefully um, we get that worked out, and it, it's not something that happens. Are there still things going on at the ports, and at you know, are the containers still sitting there? Is that Congestion. Mm-hmm. You're asking about congestion. Yes, in some ports. So um, it's moved, though. So there was a lot of congestion on the West Coast, and that's not as true anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing it on the East Coast. And so we've got terminals on the East Coast that are really trying to figure out how to be more fluid. And so that's that's really, you know, so we say drayage is our business, and it is, and that's most of what we do. But I think bigger than that, we would say 
we're focused on fluidity. So we're looking at these problems where people can't move their cargo quickly. And we're trying to come up with solutions to do that. And so, um, yes, um, drayage is a big piece of it. And we think we're good at fluidity because of our actual trucks and our actual drivers. But um, we run dedicated trains. Um, so so we'll, we have agreements with the railroads to evacuate cargo for certain customers on their own train. We, we've got one that we call the Soul Train. Um, it's it's filled with shoes and it, it leaves from L.A. and it's um, just headed to Memphis. It's the only place this train goes. And so we unload that train with... Um, you know, we, we may send 50 trucks all at once to get containers and move cargo quickly out. Um, you know, we also have container depots. And so, um, you know, what we can do is, um, you know, customers can't take cargo because they're having work workforce um, issues, just like, you know, um, you know, we see across all industries, they can't get enough people to unload the containers. And so we can take them and store them on our container yard, sort of like an outside warehouse. We've done a lot of that recently. And all of that is, you know, um, really started as a drayage solution, but became um, bigger as us. We're just trying to figure out how to improve cargo flow. So um, also um, we have, um, um, you know, something we do, we call IMC smart stacks. And so typically, you know, in a, and I'm getting really detailed here, I feel like, but um, when we're at a port, what, what happens is the container the trucking company wants could be buried in a big pile of maybe 100 containers. Maybe the one you need is on the bottom of the pile. And so think about how many lift moves a um you know, a, a crane operator, a lift operator in a port has to move. There's a long line of trucks to get to the one box you want. You've touched 50 boxes. Uh -huh. yeah. And so it just takes a long time. And so with smart stacks, what we're doing is we've got agreements with these terminals where they say, okay, well, we're going to put all of IMC's containers in this uh, their own pile, this big pile, and a truck comes and they self-assign. So we don't care where any of those containers are going, just give us one. And so it eliminates all these wasted lift moves. We've got an app where our drivers can um, just, they'll just go and they'll look, um, you know, they'll type the, that container in, they'll figure out where it's going. And then they've got two options. They can either go where they're supposed to go and that container's supposed to deliver, or maybe it's too far. Maybe they're out of hours and they can bring it to one of our yards and we'll have another driver pick it up. So, so again, like all of these solutions um, are dedicated trains. Um, what we're doing with drayage, um, smart stacks, and like our um, depots, which you could kind of view as outdoor warehouses, the, the point of all of that is fluidity. Yeah. Who's, who's quarterbacking all of this? Who's coordinating all of this? I mean, this is <clears throat> this is takes some yeah <laughs> some thought and planning and some some logistical brain power. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I'd say um, our chairman, our chairman definitely leads the show. So, um, IMC companies were structured to where we have seven operating companies, and so we have a company president in every region of the United States, which. 
um, you know, they know their people. They know um, they have good relationships with these ports and the rails. Um, that's really that's really pretty important. And then I would also say that um, my brother, who's um, who's Mason George, um, you know, he's he's started our national accounts department, and they. Um, you know he's a little bit younger and they've got a younger team and but they're they're really innovative and so they don't look at problems really like the rest of us do or like i would say most people in the industry who've been around a long time and he'll um he'll jump through all kinds of hoops to make things happen and then i think you do that enough um for a few customers you start realizing oh they're actually maybe um, you know, something more sustainable here. We can do this for more people and do it on a larger scale. And so, um, you know, I think he's been really very helpful to our business. Wow. And you said a billion dollars in revenue now? Over a billion Over dollars. a billion. What is it like yeah. to be a part and see a, a company of this size, yeah. you know, and being run and you leading the charge and well, I, I lead our marketing CMO. efforts well, is what I'll a say. That's a huge effort. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it has changed. I feel like it, it's um, it's it's surreal. Um, moving into the new building in Carterville felt surreal. Um, we've, we've been in business for 40 years now and are so proud of that. And, um, you know, I, I guess when I started, so I've been in the business for 15 years. You know, I watched it from the outside before that. And um, and this is really always where we said we were going um, and have believed it. But um, um, but we've just even blown past, I think, what we even thought was was possible. And so it's I mean, it's a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun and we've got I've got a great marketing team. So I um, we I, I was part of the team that developed the IMC brand. And so, you know, I, and, and it used to be that, um, you know, we had a hard time getting the Memphis Business Journal to talk to us, you know, and now sometimes we, we get to talk to the Wall Street Journal and CNN or Fox News. People are calling us and asking us questions and touring our yards and our facilities. And um, we're getting to shine a spotlight on drivers, which I think is so important about how critical they are. And we get to, to highlight people who are on our team and. Um, um, we just, um, we're just, we feel really fortunate to be in the place we we're in now. Is there a shortage of drivers right now? Yes. Um, so, you know, I, and what my team, you know, so I do what you, you would think of as traditional marketing. So I market to, um, you know, customers and, um, in charge of all the branding, but I also hire all our truck drivers. And so we wow. place ads, my team does, and then we're sort of their first call. So we screen drivers and when we think they're qualified, then we pass them along to, um, you know, to the individual location. When safety mm -hmm. gives us a, th a thumbs up, they'll go, um, you know, to, to an individual terminal for an interview. And we hire, you know, about 120 drivers a month. Um, wow. in my department. And so, and it's, and we, we have to place a lot of advertising. We go through a lot of qualified applications or, or work, talk to a lot of people to get those 120 every month. And it sounds like you have your own drivers and your own trucks. I mean, you're not 
contracting they're actually yeah. employees of IMC. Yeah, well, but we do several different ways actually. We have a company driver base that uh, that that they'll work in in trucks that we own and we operate and all of our trucks are less than 3 years old. We've got some electric vehicles that we've launched into California. We're going to see how those those work. Um, we're testing those electric vehicles and then and then we have owner operators and those um, you know those are people who are contracting with us but then we also work with carrier brokers so small trucking companies who we might give freight to and that's new so um, really you know maybe 2020 2019 is when we started work partnering with smaller trucking companies to move freight was and that that's really because yeah um you were gonna ask yeah. because it wasn't there were there weren't enough drivers yes that's why it's because we can't move enough freight for our customers using only company drivers and owner operators we have to um, you know, to partner with other companies. But I think that that, you know, I think that that sort of actually fits with our model pretty well. We, um, um, our industry is fragmented. Most of the trucking companies in our space are in drayage, are, you know, 10, 15 trucks are really small. And so it's very hard for a um, beneficial cargo owner and a big importer to work with a carrier that small because they have to cobble together like gotcha. so many individual pieces. And so um, we can help those companies grow and be successful by connecting them to good partners. And, and we can help our customers, you know, by connecting to capacity, which we've all needed so much in the last few years. Wow. You, you you were talking a second ago about a time when um, maybe the Memphis Business Journal wasn't interested or or just you know didn't see the the newsworthiness of of your organization. Now it's uh, occasionally the Wall Street Journal or Fox Business or whatever. Um, your industry is kind of like I mean they're I guess they're they're inquiring because it's your industry is really a, bar, a barometer of the economy, right? I mean, whatever yeah. trends there are daily, weekly, monthly, whatever in your business is like affecting Wall Street. Yeah, I think that's right? true. I think that's true. And just like a general, a, a much, um, well, I'm, there's several things have happened. Obviously, IMC has grown. Um, so we're more, you know, before we were, we were so small, you know, we were, we were, we were a small company. And so, um, so that's part of it, but, but also more awareness of our industry and more awareness of like what, um, you know, if, if we can't move goods, we can't, we can't outgate these containers from the ports and the rails and what happens is inflation. And that, you know, or, or, you know, people go to the store and we've seen this. I, I, I didn't feel this before two years ago. There are things that you can't get and you've got to figure out what to do without them. Um, and so, um, so transportation, especially imports and exports, uh, seem to, pe people just are more aware of what's going on. If there were a, strike in the rail industry or even in the shipping or the industry that that kind of is at the center of IMC's business how long would it take before the US felt it oh a day, day a day Days. yeah less than yeah yeah 
It would be immediate. Yeah. Wow. Well, how, how about, you know, COVID in the midst of that increase your business or did, did you, what changes occurred during the season of COVID? Yeah, we just had to get more creative, right? So, you know, like I'm saying, like I, I talked about congestion and um, people, you know, um, people ordered more. And so there was just this huge influx of cargo. We we didn't expect it. And then also like a declining workforce, like there, there weren't as, there was more cargo, more freight, but not as many people working and, and, um, the ports and the rails, they have finite space. And so we, most of the things, the, these innovative solutions that I've been talking about, like smart stacks, um, like these dedicated trains, um, th- those came about because we're trying to solve problems where, you know, our customers are telling us, we don't care <laughs> that you have to wait 10 hours in line to pick up a container we have to have it. And so we, you know, um, we're just doing everything we can to try to, to, you know, to move that freight. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, you were talking earlier about the, um, electric vehicles in California. Mm -hmm. Is there any experimentation or looking ahead to these virtual driven vehicles? We haven't tried I, them yet. I don't yet. know what that's. I'm, I'm, I, I, I think. Um, um, so I heard Fred Smith talk once about electric vehicles, and what he said made a lot of sense to me. And and he was comparing electric vehicles to a plane. So a plane can fly itself, right? You can, you know, flip on the controls, and it can take off. It could get you down, but you still have pilots in in the plane i think trucks will be similar i think mm-hmm. you know sure i think i think truck driving will become a more technical job and we'll need different types of skill sets to drive a, a, a truck and it will be more like a computer or more like an airplane operator than it is now but i don't think we'll just completely remove most drivers from trucks i think we'll still we'll still need drivers inside the the cab um, we're kind of bouncing around, but I wanted to come back to your headquarters here and just ask, uh, why Collierville? Well, we're, Which we're glad about, but yeah, just okay. tell us, tell us, I think everybody would love to know how that decision, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, we were founded in this area in 1982 and, um, you know, um, I think we've always, um, We've all, I mean, we've always seen Carterville as a great area for us to be in. And we live near here. My family lives near here and we spend a lot of time. This is really where we live most of our lives. And um, Carterville is a safe area. It's a, um, you know, it's very walkable. So we love that we're in the Schilling Farms building that we can, you know, we can walk to restaurants and I'm, I'm at Carrington Coffee all the time or I go to Sheffy's Salad. Um, the salad place and I, we have walking meetings like around the block and um, you know, the, the YMCA is across the street and all those things are good for our employees. And we yeah. want to have a team that feels like they can be part of the community and, um, and it just a really good working environment. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad to have you. Thank it's, you. Uh, you know, huge companies like, like yours are just, 
so valuable yeah. to our town. Um, yeah. When, when IMC came, it, it, it's like another crowning jewel on Collierville when we participated in a grand opening and you all landed here. I know that the entire community felt like that's just another feather in Collierville's hat. Sincerely, I'm not just saying that because so you're nice sitting here. That's so nice of you to say that. I'm not and saying that. We feel so welcome. We love being really here. Really not saying that because you're sitting here, but I mean, it. It that's a huge, that's what Collierville wants is these world-class companies with great employees and great futures and solid foundations. And um, so, as Noel said, we're, we're so glad to have you all in the community and enjoyed the conversation with you today. It was fascinating to learn about your industry. And uh, we're just, again, thank, thankful that you all are a member of the chamber and uh, look forward to uh, great things from IMC in the future. Thank you. Katie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to Corporate Cornucopia. This episode was brought to you by our sponsor, My Town Roofing. Replacing your roof shouldn't be a hassle. It should be a smooth process done in a timely manner and most importantly, at a reasonable price. My Town Roofers has thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out at mytownroofing.com. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, head on over to www.collierville.chamber.com to access our notes, join the conversation, or leave a good review.